So you do it. <laughs> I'm really bad at summaries. Every time Marco asks me to do a summary, I'm like, how am I supposed to distill all that information into three key points? Like, it's impossible. But I guess... I think that's a perfect start to our intro. This week on Design <laughs> Wake Up, we're going to be talking about big acquisition. You might have heard about it in the news. We'll be talking about tools that you use as a designer, the mindsets that you should probably employ as a designer or not. A little bit of history about prototyping. And we'll be basically just adding fuel to the dumpster fire that is going on in the design Twitter sphere at the moment. Come with us on a journey through Twitter, internet and outrage. Welcome to another episode of Design Wake Up, the place where twice a month innovation, design and management, they meet. We are your hosts, Sam and Simon. <laughs> so this week, we're talking about something that has been in the news a little bit. You might have heard about it, especially if you're in the um, the design area. Um, a little thing happened that set Twitterverse and LinkedIn alight. It um, was uproar. Absolute carnage. <laughs> People <laughs> were like flipping over their tables and smashing windows. It was... It was horrible. It were horrible scenes out there in the design studios. Can you guess what we're talking about yet? I think it has something to do with Adobe buying Figma. I think you're right. So if you didn't know, <laughs> you knew. <laughs> what am I saying? Everybody has heard that Adobe has bought Figma for $20 billion, fairly substantial amount of money. We just wanted to have a bit of a chat about it. Obviously, that's a lot of money, and obviously a lot of people are angry. There aren't that many people that seem to be happy about it, but maybe they're just keeping their heads down because there's a lot of anger out there when it comes to those Figma supporters. Uh, but before, you, before we start, for those that might not know, Sam, could you give us an overview of what it is that Figma is and does? So I guess the story starts way back when, 2010, when us, let's say, oh, we were graphic designers back then, weren't we? Got to start using uh, an app called Sketch. So before that time, we were doing all of our prototypes and our user experience maps on tissues in a pub, <laughs> drinking beer. But after 2010, Sketch happened. and uh, Those good old days. Good old days, yeah. Digital version. I think we could even collaborate at some point on it. Certainly not from the get-go, but... So, yeah, so Sketch prototyping tool, um, you know, used for wireframing, for creating user experiences and all that, and getting stakeholders buy-in for all the apps and websites and stuff that we were producing and designing. And then about 2015, Adobe, at Adobe Max, it's its uh, annual conference, announced something called Project Comet, which was very exciting for me. And I actually signed up to the um, beta version. Um, so I was there testing it in the very early days. So Adobe decided that it was going to be a competitor for Sketch and create its own prototyping tool. That was in its package, in its full Adobe package. So a lot easier for designers to use, um, you know, across all the apps that they were using. It was very basic at first, like 
literally boxes and text. That's it. Nothing else. But, you know, it was, it was like the good old days when we used napkins um, because it was just like just drawing a rectangle and putting some text in. Um, and then that, when then when that app went live, it was called Adobe XD. So some people might know it, some people might be using it. But then about a year later, I think it was uh, 2016, when Figma, you know, kind of announced itself and they created also, you know, a kind of collaborative tool for designers to use to wireframe and prototype, but they went the, they went a step further and you can actually do a lot more. So I know that a lot of designers are doing design systems there. They're actually using it instead of Photoshop and Illustrator to create different types of files and everything. So it's quite a robust tool, but I must admit that I never was really bought into Figma. I actually preferred Adobe XD. I actually liked the fact that I had it as part of my Adobe package and I could just use it together with all the other apps that I was using it. And similarly to when, you you know, when I didn't use Sketch. How could you call yourself a designer and say such a thing? I just, I don't know what the hype is, to be honest. I mean, maybe it's because I'm just a hundred years old and napkins and pens were just enough for me, but I just, I yeah, I don't really care what tool I use. And Adobe is just easy because I've already got the Adobe package bought by my employer. So why would I use an extra tool? And I'm saying that, but we do actually use Figma and the company I work for because my um, colleagues and my team prefer other apps than XD. Anyway, what about you, Simon? <laughs> I don't know. There's this weird sort of underlying expectation that as a designer, you should not like Adobe. And it's, I don't know where that's come from. To be perfectly honest, there's not that much difference between the two pieces of software. There are certain advantages to having one over the other. There are features in Figma that XD arguably don't do as well. But then there's an a whole ecosystem behind Adobe that you could link with. Because I I just don't really care. Like, give me any tool, give me a, a stick and some sand and I can do a prototype. So for me, I don't really care what I use. Like if a company throws something at me, I'll just learn it and, and you know, and use it. Like I'm not, I'm not wedded to it. But what are your exactly. thoughts? Like what, Figma, Team Figma, Team XD, Team Sketch, or maybe Team something else. I mean, people are using Miro now to do prototyping and wireframe. Oh, yeah. Those people are crazies. I don't understand them. (laughs) Miro is for whiteboarding, if you ask me. And you could do wireframes with it, I suppose. But why wouldn't you just use XD or Figma or Sketch if you know that what you're creating may potentially turn into a mock-up at some point? So I'm kind of with you. The tool doesn't really matter. And I know that... (laughs) From a user experience perspective, you might prefer Figma over XD, over Sketch, over Photoshop or Illustrator or Coral Draw or MS Paint. But oh no, where have you gone back to? <laughs> I assume that's what you were referring to when you said a napkin. <laughs> because yeah, before Sketch, my agency were using Photoshop, and actually before that was Fireworks. Do you remember Fireworks? Oh God, I remember Fireworks. Yes. when. Adobe bought Macromedia, didn't they? They were the bad guys back then. The outcome is what's important and slightly different user experience. Better user experience if you're comparing Figma to Photoshop, but arguably just different user experience if you're comparing Figma to XD. Yes, there are things that 
arguably better in Figma than XD. Um, you could say there are things that are better in XD than Figma. It's the outcome that you end up with that's important. Getting there is just like, that's your problem as a designer. And what I wonder when I see people being so so publicly vocal about the hatred of Adobe and the takeover that we're seeing. Is, are you considering how this might look if a potential employer saw you being like this on LinkedIn or on Twitter? To, to me, it just like makes these people seem slightly difficult and opinionated and I'd probably like not want to sit next to them at a party. I think our listeners are going to stop listening to us <laughs> after this one. <laughs> banging away on their keyboard. Yeah, I mean, How dare Adobe buy Figma? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the same uproar when, I don't know, Facebook bought, what was it, Instagram, right? And that they're going to ruin the user experience. That And, you know, you know, the user experience is different than it was. You know, I find it so annoying, those algorithms that just don't allow me to look at stuff in the timeline like it used to be. But you know, you learn how to use it. You're going to use it anyway. So, you know, I do, I do think that, you know, there's one side of me that thinks, you know, it's good when there are a few competitors out there because then, you know, companies like Adobe up their game and they, you know, they um, evolve and create new things and, you know, update and whatever. But then the other side of me is like, it's just so much easier to have the Adobe package and have everything in there, like not having extra apps, even, you know, for a company like mine, not having to buy extra licenses for Figma because all the designers are just going to use XD where we've already got the package. It's it's just so much easier. It's just, I'm always about less clicks and I just feel this is just less clicks. Yeah, I'd agree with that, but even that doesn't bother me that much. It just feels like the tool is the tool that you use. And Have you actually used Figma? Yeah, we use them both at my current job. One of our products has got a design system in XD. One of them is in Figma. There's a lot of work going on with both of them at the moment, and there's like lots of conversations about which way we should go. Should we use Figma or use XD? And in the end, I think think we're gonna to have to wait now like that's the next sort of thing to talk about here i suppose is where do we think the product is going to go there there have been a few different scenarios thrown around the internet i think one option is adobe bought figma just to kill it um and to remain the heavyweight in the area there's the option that adobe are just going to integrate Figma into Creative Suite and phase out XD. I've even heard some people say they're going to keep both of them. Figma's going to be a free software. XD is going to be a paid software. Can't see that happening personally, but you never know. I did read that there's been a vesting agreement worth $1.85 billion to the employees of Figma, um, which basically means that if they stay for four years, between them, they're going to be able to get bonuses of $1.8 billion, which suggests that Adobe really want them to stick around. Make of that what you will. And isn't isn't the co-founder also staying as uh, the CEO? Yes. I think his name is uh, Field? Dylan? Dylan? Dylan Field? Dylan Field? Think, yes. Maybe. A man that's good at Twitter. <laughs> There have been lots of screenshots of his tweets going around in the news recently. Really? I, I haven't seen detail. them. I'm not, I'm not a very good designer because I don't like Twitter. So <laughs> Yeah, I saw a tweet from Dylan saying, our goal is to be Figma, not Adobe. And he sent that on the 29th of January, 2021. And somebody's got a screenshot oh. of it. So, and they've said, 
this aged badly. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think Adobe will do? I mean, you know, my, my first thoughts were that, you know, they'll buy Figma, kill it off but maybe integrate some of the options into XD because XD is way more basic than Figma is. And maybe they'll look at how they can incorporate some of their other apps to make it a little bit more, well, just a little bit more, just, you know, have it a little bit more robust. What are your thoughts? I think there are lots of people, again, on the Twitterverse. (laughs) So this this is conclusive proof that this is what's going to happen. A lot of people are saying that they're going to go back to Sketch, and there are lots of memes going around of Sketch saying, "Oh, we'll have you back. We're not, we're not proud. We, we know that you left us when mm-hmm. Figma came along, but we'll take you back." But I don't see that happening, really. Sketch, kind of, unless Sketch changes the way that it works, and that's probably going to annoy existing Sketch users. Figma and XD kind of worked in a similar sort of way, and Sketch didn't have the same sort of user experience like if you go to figma as an xd user or to xd as a figma user you'll probably be able to work out that piece of software within 20 minutes of clicking around because pretty much that there's feature parity there it just it's represented in a different way sketch was slightly different and i found it clunky when i was using it um it was obviously better than photoshop and illustrator which is what it replaced that's the software that we were using at the agency where i worked to create mockups and prototypes before sketch came along but to be honest i think figma and xd are going to remain the de facto softwares people are probably just going to carry on using the software that they use until one merges into the other i'd put my money on I put my money on XD being what Figma becomes just because Adobe would probably want to keep their brand name. But the user experience is such that if you like the way that it works, you're probably going to want to stick with Adobe. The other thing that I think is possibly a consideration, the people that were complaining about the lack of free tier on Adobe, if they don't offer a free version of Figma or XD, we may find a situation where a free competitor pops up and they start to compete in that space. I mean, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's a little bit like with social media. You've got the giants, um, you know, Twitters, Facebook maybe less now, but, you know, you've got the Twitters, the Instagrams and and whatnot. And, um, and then, you know, but you've got all of these extra competitors that are there just kind of like dying slowly in the in the corner. I don't know if you know, if a competitor comes along now and you've got something like XD or XD merged with Figma, you know, how much can they do? I'd say that the option of Sketch becoming better and more more robust and having a better user experience, because I remember when you had to import Sketch files into InVision. I don't know if it still works that way, but, it you know, the user experience wasn't very good <clears throat> in the first years, at least. So I think... I think it would be, I'd, I'd go for the option of Sketch trying to up their game. But, you know, with, with Adobe, it's just, it's so easy, you know, having access to all of those apps for, you know, the same, you know, monthly fee. And I get that it's not the cheapest option, but, you know, if, as you said, if you've got a company that pays for it, then it's a no-brainer. The only thing I wanted to talk about a little bit and get your thoughts on is the amount of money that they paid for it like 20 billion 
dollars. My lord, that is such a big amount of money. I also did a bit of research into that. I think that was 50 times ARR, which is a lot more than businesses usually pay when they're taking over another business. I, like, I was watching a video where the, the guy was saying typically during M&A acquisitions, M&A acquisitions, can you say M&A acquisitions? Business merger and acquisitions, acquisitions. You know what I mean. During acquisitions, businesses tend to pay, I will. <laughs> businesses tend to pay 10 to 20%, no, 10 to 20 times ARR. So Adobe paying 50 times ARR means that they're, they're really overpaying. They really wanted this deal to go through. And they suggested that this is probably what caused the uh, share price of Adobe to drop like 16 or 17% when investors heard what had happened. That kind of suggests that the investors were basically thinking, you've overpaid for this, this competitor. So it'll be really interesting to see how the Adobe share price recovers after that in terms of the amount they paid they were in a tricky situation because figma seemed to come from nowhere when i was thinking about i was thinking back to when we were looking at changing softwares like three or four years ago now um, at the agency where i worked and it was basically sketch versus xd and xd won out because it was it was the best option at that moment in time. I don't even remember hearing Figma as an option. I, could probably, I should probably look up when Figma was launched so I could tell you if it was an option. But Well, I, I can actually tell you. You can tell um, me. So it launched, <laughs> yeah, it launched in 2015. But similarly to you, I think I heard about Figma. I actually think I was at a conference about two years ago and someone, one of the speakers was showing a design their design strategy in Figma, how they created it. And I was like, oh my God, what an amazing tool. So that's when I started doing research about it. And I think at some point um, we were thinking about switching from Sketch to Figma because it was just getting a lot better than, than Sketch. So in the end, you know, I asked my team and they were like, yeah, we want Figma. We don't want XD. So, you know, we bought a few licenses for Figma. But yeah, it was around then, but I never heard about it until about two years ago. Yeah, exactly the same for me. About two years ago, I started seeing it come up. At that point, I was already a, a big XD user. The speed at which Figma seemed to have amassed such a following, it must have been pretty scary for Adobe, especially since they'd been in a position where they probably thought that they were the front runners and then all of a sudden to be overtaken for the, the mind share of the design community to be going away from them. They probably made a wise move. Now that we're talking about it, I'm I'm thinking about the beginnings of, of XD. And as I said, I was in that kind of beta version. So I was there kind of from the start. And literally it was boxes and text. So I'm thinking, you know, I, I remember some comments from my team when we were buying Figma licenses to move from Sketch. We already had the Adobe package. So I was like, why don't you just use XD? Oh no, it's not. It's not robust enough. It doesn't have as have as many options as Sketch does. And I think, I actually think that that wasn't true. I think people were just remembering that when it started, it was very basic, like very basic. I actually really like that it was so basic because it just allowed me to focus on creating low fidelity wireframes, testing them, and not spending too much time on the rounded edges and the gradients and whatnot that you then can do in the, you know, in the more development phase. So 
I think maybe people just kind of stayed with that mindset from 2015 when they launched in the first couple of years where it was a very basic app. And, and that's why when Figma came and they were straight away very robust, had a lot of options, a lot of extra options, even outside of wireframing. I think maybe that's why people moved and that's why it exploded so much and so many people moved from Sketch to Figma. Yeah, I, I can see that. I, I've had conversations with people that sort of suggest a similar sort of, yeah, we've used XD. You can't collaborate on it. You can't share files and you can't do basic interactions. And I'm like, yeah, you can. When was the last time you used it? And you realize they haven't used it for the last four or five years. That's potentially an important lesson to take away when you're thinking about how being so opinionated about something, especially when you're being opinionated about it on a public platform, just know what it is you're comparing it against. Like for me, when I see these people getting really angry on Twitter and saying that it sounds like basically you're taking away a piece of software that's revolutionized design for them and replacing it with a sausage. <laughs> when in reality, it's for me, it feels like core functionality is the same. It's just in a, a different place in the user interface. Maybe it's better when you're having that sort of conversation or that sort of argument to be a bit more pragmatic about it. And it, I suppose it sounds like we're on the opposite side of that argument at the moment. But for me, like really, I don't care about the software as much as other designers seem to care. Like I, You could give me Sketch tomorrow and I could do my job with it. You could give me Photoshop tomorrow and I could do my job with it if I was pushed. I might need to push a few deadlines, but that's the extent of it. I think what you're doing when you're creating a, a prototype is communicating an idea in a visual format. To your point, I think when you're forced to do it in a more basic way, it potentially gives you more scope to have other people input into how the user interface might end up looking. Like if you're looking at a basic wireframe, you're not getting hung up on the details of spacing and color and typography when you should potentially be at the point where you're thinking about usability and like user flows getting from point A to point B. That No, I absolutely agree. I mean, um, when I was doing my design thinking training a few years ago, uh, we did have a, uh, one of the exercises was to create a prototype, no software. We had literally A5 pieces of paper and pens. That's it. Nothing else. And we actually had to do um, testing, user testing with it. So we had someone, we, you know, we, we stuck it to a chair and then we had someone actually pressing the paper, well, not paper buttons, but the drawn buttons on it. And it worked just the same and we were getting feedback from it. We were seeing how people interacted with it and everything. And, you know, I know it's a bit like, you know, caveman kind of design, but it works. I mean, it really doesn't matter. There's so many tools out there right now. And, and to be honest, with Google and with all with that amount of knowledge on YouTube and everything, I mean, you literally look through like three or four videos and you know how to use every app right now. They're so intuitive that you don't need to read through the manuals like we had to <laughs> way back when. 
Yeah, so in the Sprint book, which was published back in 2016, if I remember correctly, the idea of creating a prototype from scratch and testing it with users in five days, they basically have one day to prototype the solution that they come up with. And in the book, they suggest using like PowerPoint or Keynote to create a clickable prototype. And they talk about how you can do it. And like the outcome is the same. It's learning from your users what works and what doesn't. Like the tool is largely irrelevant and they are also intuitive that it's much of a muchness these days. One 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 interesting thing is I just thought of it now. A few years back when I was working on my C V, on the last page, because I you know, when you write and you write all of those words around each of the the jobs that you've done um, you know, it gets the apps and the different skills that you have and all the tools that you, you know how to use, they get kind of lost in the, in the paragraphs. So what I did was I mapped out, I kind of, I literally created a list of kind of all the programs and softwares that I know how to use and then the kind of soft skills on the side. But now I think it doesn't really matter what app you use anymore because, mm -hmm. I mean, when was the last time you asked someone what app they were on? It doesn't matter right now because you learn it within two days, no matter what app you're using. So I think as long as you've got the skills to do wireframing and prototyping, it doesn't matter what the company you work for uses or what tool you get. It's about the mindset and it's about what you have in your brain and how you put it into whatever you're using. So I think, you know, I think it's, it's not the end of the world that one of the tools that you've used to date has broken or has been taken away or whatever. You'll learn the next one and the next one and the next one. Right now it's about the skills and the expertise you have, not the tools that you use. I don't think that they're very relevant right now. I think that's something that really surprises me too, is the fact that so many people get so focused on the software when that's not the skill you need to be a designer. And if it is to you, if you feel that it's important, are you really prioritizing the wrong things in your career? Do you focus solely on creating prototypes and mock-ups so much that potential change in that workflow is going to really upset you? And I would argue that if that, if you really are truly upset about the potential that figment may change or be more expensive you're probably not focusing on the right things in your career as a designer because the important things are the communication skills the strategic thinking the design thinking side of things being able to come up with solutions for business not creating the visual outcome i worry that some designers do focus too much on that creating visual outcomes too much and they don't realize that that's like that should be like 10 percent of what you do absolutely it's not like in our times where i don't know about 15 years ago the question was do you know how to use coral draw or indesign because they were so different <laughs> and you had to read a manual to know how to use them there were no youtube videos then i think it was maybe important back then but i think now it just doesn't matter Whoa, just saw a bat fly past. I'm looking out the window. You can probably tell by the gloom coming in. Another thing that is quite interesting that crossed my mind, well, I thought it was interesting. A lot of the people that are using Figma are working on product design teams. 
And it's likely that a high percentage of those people are working on teams that would be delighted if their product was bought in such an extravagant way. Like they've achieved product market fit, they've got growth and they've been acquired. That's like the dream for some product teams. And it just feels a little bit like this is probably what you would want for your product, but you're not allowing that joy and celebration to the team at Figma for achieving such a successful acquisition. Exactly. Exactly. 100%. Anyway, I think we've talked this to death. That was our opinions on it. I'll pro from tomorrow. <laughs> if anybody listened to it, there might be a pro, but nobody's going to listen to this. <laughs> if you did listen to this or you watched it on YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe. Leave a comment. Like, really leave a comment. Even if it's just say, oh, I watched to the end, Simon. Don't, don't worry, you're not talking to yourself here. We might even give you a shout out. If you leave us a little comment on this video, I'll give you a shout out or we'll put you in the end credit marco might not let me do that but <laughs> I'll try. i'm the editor so so you can't stop yeah me. exactly you can do whatever this you is want going way off track <laughs> don't forget to like and subscribe if you're listening to us go over to youtube you can see our faces there if you're watching us on youtube and you think it's a bit of a pain having this playing in the background i'd rather listen to my podcast app of choice to consume this content we've got a podcast as well you know that sam Tell them about uh, it. Yeah, we've got a podcast on all the podcasting platforms. So just look for us, Design Wake Up, and listen. Socials. We've got an Instagram account, design underscore wake up, where you can find extra content snippets and a goodie bag where we publish some cool new things and some main key points from each of our podcasts. We also have a Twitter account, but that's dead. So I'm not sure you want to go there. And we also have a LinkedIn where we're getting quite a lot of good um, comments from people. So head over there to learn more. We do have a website as well, designwakeup.com, where you can find links to all of the episodes. Uh, We'll embed the videos. And we also have kind of a long-form version of each episode as um, a summary blog. Although I think some of the blogs are longer than the episodes themselves. I don't know if you agree, but we go into a lot of detail. Marco puts in a lot of effort. And they're good, to be fair, but I'm more of a listener than a reader. Anyway, let's finish this episode. Thank you for listening or watching. And we'll see you next week. Or the week after that, because we only... We'll see you in two weeks. Bye.